Hey, it's Larry. Uh, Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Real quick, before we get into this episode, I had such an amazing, eye-opening, life-changing experience at the World Parkinson Congress in Kyoto that I want others to have that opportunity, too. So Becca Miller and I and 24 of our PD community friends have launched a year-long WPC Travel Grant Fundraiser. We're each doing a two-week Facebook fundraiser. Mine's underway right now because my birthday's January 9th. All the money raised will be used to help offset travel costs so more people with young-onset Parkinson's can attend the next WPC in Barcelona in 2022. You can search out details on the When Life Gives You Parkinson's Facebook page or donate directly to the WPC website. Go to wpc2022.org slash yopdfund. If you or your business would like to supply matching funds... Hey, good on you. Email me at parkinsonspot at curiouscast.ca. And now, on with the show. It's time for another extra dosage episode of When Life Gives You Parkinson's. These are the in-between bits, special bonus content to get you through to the next full episode. I'm Larry Gifford alongside Nikki Reitmeyer. Hello, Nikki. Hey, Larry. How are you, uh, how are you feeling today? Today's a rough day. I was up at 1 a.m. Oh, God. I have not been sleeping well at all. Um, I, uh, I saw my neurologist yesterday. Uh, it's probably weighing on me. Uh, so every six months, I go to see Dr. Squires. And uh, he puts me through the same battery of tests. And, you know, there's some things, like I've been going to physio, so my walking's getting better. You know, it's not great, but it's better than it was. Good. Um, but my fine motor skills... Are, are not so well, and so I, I was doing this exercise where you make a fist with your with your hand, and you you try to open it as fast and as wide as you can, as quickly as you can. Okay, yeah, that's so, well, it's easy for me to do. But. Yeah, and so uh, uh, when I do it with my left hand, it's great, and yeah, when I do it with easy. my right hand, it, it's it's shaky and it's really slow. Wow, that is a significant difference. And that's what he said. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I said so. It really is, though. I mean, when you're doing it with the one hand and you're going quite quickly, and with the other hand, it's remarkable the difference in speed and ability. Right, and the same thing happens when you try to tap your index finger to your thumb. Okay, so yeah. With your left side, you do do the other side. It's it's really hard for me to do to even connect to them. even connect them. Um, and, and so I said, so okay. He checked it a couple times and said, so you're noticing what I'm noticing? He goes, yeah. I said, well, what's it mean? He goes, well, it means it's getting worse, which is how the disease works, right? It's degenerative. Um, Now, I said, well, you know, but everybody's saying you've got YOPD, so you're going to be fine. Your your symptoms will sort of plateau, and it'll be a really slow decline. I'm like, this doesn't feel like a slow decline, Doc. He goes, no. I'm like, oh, Okay. He goes, but there's no indication that it's anything other than Parkinson's. And that's the big concern of the first five, ten years is like it's going to morph into something Parkinson's related, but worse. Right. Um, So that's a little disconcerting. You said something a moment ago. You said you have YOPD? Uh, Young onset Parkinson's disease. Oh, okay. Normally with young onset Parkinson's disease. Does it develop a bit slower? Well, so theories go, although, you know, if you meet one person with Parkinson's, they say you've met one person with Parkinson's. So everybody's so different. But that's what people tell me. And so you want to believe it. And and in this case, it's like, uh, so I I said, so what what do we do about it? He goes, well, 
This was like an hour after I had taken my levodopa, which means it should have been at its peak. Right. And that's how my hand was. It was just really slow and lethargic and shaky. And he goes, so what that tells me is that you're not getting enough levodopa carbidopa. You're not, you're not getting enough dopamine production. Uh, so we're going to increase your medication. This is, I've, I've seen him uh, every six months for the last year and a half. And at each step, he's increased my medication, which means we're still trying to find the right balance of meds. Now, when he does find the right balance of meds, then you're kind of okay, right? Will it balance out from there and and maybe level off? Your symptoms will level off instead of continuing to degenerate as quickly as they are? We don't know. You know, it'll it'll level off until it degenerates again. <laughs> so... So we're going to try this. So now I'm up to two pills at 6 a.m., two pills at 11 a.m., two pills at 4 p.m., and then at 9 p.m. I take a double dose that's extended release that's supposed to last me through the night. But like last night, I was up at 1, so I took another you know, two pills in the middle of the night. Wow. For sleep, he recommended an antidepressant, which is popular with Parkinson's patients, uh, and it's called, um, let me see if I can find it here, mirtazapine and it affects the chemicals in the brain that may be unbalanced in people with depression, anxiety and sleep issues and in the Parkinson's community some people say it also helps with tremor so that's why they use it for Parkinson's patients Uh. but I'm not ready to go for that yet how come? why not? I don't want more medication I don't want more prescriptions Um, so I was thinking about trying CBD oil the cannabis oil? yeah Oh, interesting. So the, the cannabis oil, uh, supposed to, supposedly, A, it doesn't make you high because it's... It's just the CBD. It's, it's the CBD. not the THC, yeah. and the THC is the active ingredient in right. so all what gets this, high. This has a calming, anti-anxiety, anti-psychotic effect. Uh, and anecdotally, Parkinson's patients tell me that it aids with sleep. I asked my doctor about it. He goes, well, it's not going to hurt you. Hmm. You can try it. He goes, there's... All sorts of tests. They're conflicting results. They're not very good tests. They need to be more tests. Um, but nothing negative of those tests. No bad side effects. It's just, well, maybe so it, it works, it maybe it work, doesn't. It might not work, yeah. And so um, I was thinking about trying it. Well, what do you have to lose? Like, I guess if there's no real negative side effects of it, what do you have to lose? You want to go with me to get it? <laughs> Is it, Larry, it's not legal yet, is it? Can we, are, we allowed to, <laughs> are we allowed to go do it? Can we? Um it's expensive, though, I imagine. Does the government cover the cost of it? Oh, I doubt it. Yeah, I guess that's true. We'll right? find out. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Sure, let's try. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. That CBD oil adventure continues in the next episode as Nikki and I take you inside a cannabis dispensary. Right now, I want to share some more of my conversation with my brothers Bruce and Dan and my sister Tracy. Remember, Bruce is the oldest who lives in Connecticut, and he gets to go first, and then it's Dan, and then Tracy. Are you able to laugh about my Parkinson's yet? Laugh about your Parkinson's? Or joke about it? I laugh about, I laugh about some of the comments you make. I think that's funny. I certainly have not made jokes about it yet. Um, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but that, but um, I, I I can laugh like when you you said you sent a couple of things and and uh, made me chuckle a little bit. But it's just not 
um, it's not funny. <laughs> it's just not. Uh, now, there may be funny incidents that happen, you know, events that in and of themselves are funny, but the the whole thing's not funny. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure dad, dad was able to make light of some things and um, then you, you are along the way, but it's not, it's not a funny topic. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny cause I, I send those texts and, or I, I'll send an article about, you know, you know, you have Parkinson's win and, uh, yeah. and, uh, it's, uh, it's greeted with, uh, silence. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, they're, <laughs> I guess they're not ready for that yet. <laughs> Well, I might have been—I might not have responded, but I was laughing. Oh, good, good. I break up tension with humor. I think I've—I've I've learned that through the family. To- totally agree, and I'd say I—I I have as well. And that's—that's that's one of the things that you know, particularly at work, and you know, meetings get tense, and and uh, I always find a way to to break that up a little bit, and it's usually usually with humor, and and people appreciate that. So, I totally agree that that. That uh, came from the family for sure. So if you think about uh, when we were growing up, how did our family deal with adversity? You know, I think we were blessed in that we didn't have a whole lot of adversity. Um, That, As I think about growing up, I mean, we all had our own individual battles we dealt with and our, our indiscretions as kids and, you know, and trying to deal with, you know, getting caught doing something wrong. But um, we didn't have, you know, a lot that we dealt with from that perspective, or maybe we weren't at the age where it really resonated. I can remember, you know, um, having grandparents pass away. Um, But that was, you know, Sometimes it was too young. Other times it was, you know, I felt bad. I can remember Grandma Gifford passed when I was my freshman year in school and I got back from Florida State and I talked to her when I I got back home and I was going to go see her the next day, and she passed. And and that was tough. Um, It was tough on me personally because I I, I really um, had a connection with her, having spent time, you know, whether it was um, visiting her, you know, in the apartment or or whatever, when they when she lived over off of uh, college avenue but um it was that was probably from an adversity perspective i think it was something i had to deal with but i was probably you know at 18 years old too young to really even understand at that age what all that meant and you look back now and you're like gosh i would have treasured you know some more moments with with loved ones that were lost uh, yeah, I, I seem to remember when we were growing up, um, with distance, the farther away we got, the, the more humor we found in dealing with the passing of grandma and grandpas. And, uh, you know, dad, dad and dub would sit at the table and, you know, hey, is, uh, mom here yet? And she died 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, that was always going on between dad and, and, and uncle dub. And, you know, they were those dad, uncle dub and uncle Don were three crazy men. And, um, you put them all in a room together and you didn't know what you were going to see. And they, you know, I can remember them taking pictures of each other, taking pictures and, and, you know, laughing about it. And they just, they'd hoot and holler when they got together. Um, which, which is part of the family gatherings, you know, it only really happened probably 
around the Christmas holiday, but you know, it was always there's always good stories. It was a question of, you know, who was picking up grandma after she, you know, obviously had passed and um laughing about that a little bit just because it was it was probably easier than, than hitting it head on. Um but they did there was a lot of that that, you know, um who's bringing the shrimp or whatever it might be. Um and and obviously, you know, joking about Uncle Dub and Aunt Fran always being late. Um but the humor's always been a big part of the family. Um if you go back, I mean, between between dad and his brothers and kind of the whole family, there's there's always humor. Um somebody's you know, cutting up on somebody about something and I think that's you know, that's kind of part of who our family is, is we have a lot of fun you know, together at one another's and at our own expenses. I mean, sometimes you're laughing about yourself and you're laughing just as hard about somebody else. And and I don't think that, you know, anybody, you know, takes personal offense to it. And I think we all get our turns. Um, we're probably a lot nicer to the, the uh, spouses than we are to one another. Um, but probably because we have better, you know, longer memories about funny things about one another that everyone is privy to where things that happen, you know, with a spouse um, might only resonate with the two of you because the others weren't there because of the distance we have amongst ourselves. Well, it's interesting. The first time I brought Rebecca to family Christmas was the week before we were going to put our dog Skeeter down. And her introduction to the family was us asking Skeeter to play dead because he needed to get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what happened in our house. That's how it works. Yeah. Dad dad was hilarious. He had a great sense of humor, and he dealt with every issue with humor. I mean, he would... Let me tell you, if any one of the four of us could make Dad mad, it was definitely me. So I think I might have found the the subjects that uh, made him not handle something with humor. But those were very few and far between. Uh, He had a great sense of humor, and I am thankful that he uh, instilled that into all of us as well. So Dad dealt with adversity with humor, and Dan and I talked about that too, Um but as a family, um, have we evolved from that? And and what what if so? And I think we have. What 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 was the what are we what are we evolved into as far as dealing with adversity? Well, I think each of us probably has evolved in different ways. We probably individually still deal with adversity. Um, in some ways with humor, and I know you do. Uh, I think, though, that probably however Becky deals with adversity probably rubs off on you. However Jim deals with adversity probably rubs off on me. And same goes, you know, for Dee and Renee and, and Dan and Bruce, where how I, th- I feel like it's a combination of, you know, the longer you're with somebody, the more you kind of meld your ways together. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I try to think back of when we stopped. I mean, I still laugh at a lot of things because that's how I cope with things. But like as a right. family, uh, when Dad got sick, that's the f- one of the first times I can remember where it, w- there, it was serious. Well, right. It, it, 
and that probably was when, and honestly, I think when it's not something that's, that's serious, like a health problem, I do feel like we still deal with things like, um, with a sense of humor. Um, being the only girl, I'm probably the most emotional, and so I probably do it less than you guys. I don't know. Because... Bruce is pretty emotional. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would I would agree with that. Bruce is pretty emotional. But Bruce also keeps to himself a lot. Yeah. Um, so, so while he may be emotional, he doesn't show it a lot. Does that make sense? It does. Um, where I, I pretty much, you know, heck, last fall I called you bawling my eyes out. So it happens, you know. Um, my The way I deal with it, with challenges or things, you know, I react probably emotionally. And then when I, like, my immediate reaction is probably more emotional. And then when I have time to sit back and think about it, I'm like, well, of course. And then I laugh and I make jokes. And it's like, of course that happened to me. One thing I noticed is that, like, I I try to keep a positive attitude about it and I joke about it. And, you know, like, I can make a really good shaken martini now. Um, <laughs> but... But I, I feel like whenever I give an update on text or, or even when I talk to people, like nobody in the family is ready to laugh about anything yet. Oh, we laugh. When you send the jokes, I laugh. Well, then you got to say Jim ha-ha or something because it's just like silence. It's like, oh, they, they're not ready for that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I feel like... Uh, I guess, I don't know. I think more than anything, there's relief when we get an update. It's like, okay, you know, it's like, okay, there's relief. There's like this sense of, okay, here's the update. Like there's a whole lot of unknown that makes you, you know, builds up inside. So when we do get an update, it's it's like, okay, whew. And you kind of focus on what's the update and maybe not the humor that was inserted somewhere in the update. Gotcha. But I do remember one of the chains, and it might have been the one that you just read to me where you were talking about, uh, maybe it was a different one, we were talking about something about that they can't determine something without an autopsy, and we decided not to go that route. I think yeah. we all laughed at that one. Yeah, the, 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 when I met with the Parkinson's neurologist uh, who officially, you know, quote-unquote diagnosed me, he goes, we, we can't we can never tell a hundred percent if it's actually truly Parkinson's unless we do an autopsy. <laughs> like, well, let's hold off on that. Yeah. Like, I think we all pretty much got a good laugh out of that. Good. <laughs> like we thought you made a really good choice in opting not to go that direction. <laughs> and that's your extra dosage. As always, we're very grateful to have the Parkinson Canada crew as partners for this podcast You can find more information at parkinson.ca. On the next episode of When Life Gives You Parkinson's... So what have you tried so far then for your sleep? What haven't I tried? Uh, But I'm open to trying CBD oil. Cannabis oil. Well, that sounds good. 
Yeah, so you want to come with me to the store to get some? Now? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go. So I've uh, been recommended to uh, try CBD oil. Uh, I have Parkinson's, and so I have trouble sleeping. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I don't know how to use it or what, what I should do. I squeezed it under my tongue, and then I realized I wasn't looking in a mirror, and I don't know how much I squeezed. <laughs> but I think it was just a drop or so. Uh, we'll find out. Sweet dreams. Thank you for listening, and thanks to our partner, Parkinson Canada. Oh, all sorts of great information and resources are available at parkinson.ca. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this right now. And while you're there, give the show a rating and feel free to comment, too. We want to hear your thoughts. Give it a good rating. (laughs) Yes, definitely a good rating. (laughs) Just a few clicks really helps. The more this podcast grows, the more attention Parkinson's receives, the more money we can raise for research, and the closer we get to a cure. You can also engage with us on social media. It's at Parkinson's Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or you can email us at Parkinson's Pod at CuriousCast.com. Keep positive. Keep exercising. Keep listening. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.